0: Hello, and welcome to Nostalgia Arcana. I'm your host, Doug Leaf. Each episode of this podcast, we'll look back on the movies, TV, games, people, and phenomena that we still love talking about all these years later, and ask ourselves why these bits of pop culture still enchant us today. This week, we'll be revisiting.
1: I'm of it all.
0: Starting in the late '90s, Matchbox Twenty began to completely dominate radio play all across the country. They are a band that uh, acknowledges themselves as you know as mainstream as can be, even calling one of their their uh, albums "Exile on Main Street." Um, but they are that is uh, selling themselves short uh, with their own um, with their own self-deprecating humor because they are one of the most successful bands of all time. And I'm very excited to be delving into their catalog today. Uh, I'm not doing it alone. We have three guests today. Uh, First, uh, you know her. You love her. I know her very well and love her even more because she's my wife and my producer, Amy Leaf.
2: Hello, everybody. How's it going? Uh,
0: And uh, next, we're keeping it in the family still because he's another returning guest. He was on uh, three of our past episodes on Power ballads, The Beatles, uh, and uh, gosh, one more. Kyle, remind me.
3: I think there was just two. I think this is... Just
0: considered. two? Oh, well, great. Congratulations. Third time's the charm. Uh, everyone, welcome to the podcast, Amy's brother, Kyle Lieberman. Hey, everybody. All right. And uh, finally, uh, our re- another returning guest. She was on our prior episode on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, you can find her work in the Bones Hollow anthology. Please welcome back to the podcast, Betsy Allen.
4: Hey, everyone.
0: So, uh, I'm actually going to take a bit of a backseat in this episode because... I am not um, the biggest Matchbox 20 fan, not to be negative about them. They're just not my band. Um, You know, so uh, I feel like I couldn't contribute a whole lot of insight on like a top 10 list of their songs other than to find a greatest hits package, uh, scramble up the track listing, and then go here. Ta-da. But that's fine because our three guests are extremely passionate about this band, and I want their passion to shine through here. So, um, Betsy, I'll start with you. Tell me about why... uh, You know you are so nostalgic for Matchbox Twenty.
4: Oh my gosh, I've been listening to them since I was probably 19, and I'm coming up on a milestone birthday, (laughs) which is going to be 45, and I have consistently listened to them. So they've just been in my life almost my entire life. It feels like so.
0: Well, cool. I'm I'm glad you're here to talk about them. Any any particular like individual moments with them? Like the first time you heard them, or like the first time you saw them in concert?
4: Oh, gosh. The first time I saw them in concert was at the um, 930 Club in D.C. with um, Karen and Lisa, who Amy knows. Um, and it was amazing. Kyle Cook, we were in the front, and Kyle Cook threw me a guitar pick. So I still have that in the scrapbook.
0: <laughs> well, that's it awesome. It amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, any like interaction, I think, with a musical group, for some reason, musicians occupy a different space i think in that regard than say like a movie star would there's something about a band that's like that somehow they ascend to it in a different plane uh, so so getting like that kind of contact with them is really special um kyle how about you tell me about uh, your nostalgic memories of matchbox 20
3: yeah matchbox 20 memories for me go back to the 90s uh really their first album their first album came out for a song on the radio on klos in california I liked them, and then as they kept releasing songs off that album, I became more and more more and more and into them, and of course, it was my sister, Amy, here on our podcast, that got really into it, and that kind of spiked my interest in listening to the rest of the album, got really into it, saw a bunch of shows between probably 97 and 99, I probably saw them four or five times, um, and really have just been into them ever since.
0: Cool, and I, and I know that you know you, we, for people who've heard the show before, you are... Uh, a musician, you were in a band for a while, so you actually kind of know actual musical theory. So you may be able to see have some insights into these songs that maybe we uh, mortals will not. Um So I'm looking forward to hearing some of that stuff. And uh, Amy, uh, I'll turn it to you now. Tell me about your uh, nostalgic memories of Matchbox 20.
2: I feel like I could just talk for like an hour on this subject, honestly. And you will. And I will. Um But yeah, I mean, this was like the first band that I really like grabbed hold of and like took inside and felt inside um and i remember kyle you had i think it was the third eye blind album no i had the third eye blind album and you had the matchbox 20 album and we swapped i think it was that and we ended up swapping and i just like i fell in love with that album so much
0: that is a very ninety sentence
2: (laughs) and where's third eye blind now no i'm just kidding um but yeah like I found a whole world online. That's how Betsy and I met. I mean, we've known each other since then, and they, like, became my friends. I, like, I dived into, like, making friends that liked Matchbox 20, and this is when, like, people were making, like pages themselves about bands I don't know like what are they like GeoCities pages were popping up about and I had to find every picture I could of Rob and the band um so I made my friends with Betsy and then there was a whole like group of five or so of us that that got really close and we've kept in touch um since I remember writing fan fiction. <laughs> um, I traveled, traveled to. to Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, talked about this, we talked about this on another podcast. I know we did. Which
0: one was it? Do people want to go find that discussion of your? Was it Adventures in Babysitting? Maybe
2: I don't know how we would have got to the topic of Matchbox Twenty. Yeah, no,
0: that. we. It's some. I forget how it came up. It was organically yeah, somehow. It was
2: like, oh my god, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but what's funny is like I was obsessed with Rob Thomas, but my fan fiction was about. The guitar player who's like not even in the band anymore because <laughs> we knew we figured everybody would be writing about rob thomas right i mean all the fan fiction about rob thomas sure
0: um, it's a crowded field yes
2: yes 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 um so that that was funny maybe i'll see if i can find it and we can post it somewhere i don't know if i have it anymore
0: shattered something
2: uh tangled web that's it
0: tangled webs
2: <laughs> which i wrote with another friend of mine so we would like take turns like writing and i think betsy has one too Um, with someone else is that right yeah all mine were kyle cook (laughs) yeah yeah you did have a thing for kyle (laughs) Uh um and then i mean kyle and i like my dad asked me once like where do you want to go for spring break he offered to take us like anywhere or not even spring break i think it was like a random trip so we went like randomly on a may like day and Flew to New York to see Matchbox 20, and I got to meet the band afterwards, which was pretty cool.
3: And, and of course, when you say New York, we're not talking Manhattan. Amy went to Poughkeepsie.
2: <laughs> Poughkeepsie, New York. But I think it was better. The than was smaller like, Apple. I think it was like, I don't think it had it been like a bigger venue, we would have had the chance to see them. Um, I mean, meet them afterwards, which was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, just this is, I mean, and I will say that. My interest in Matchbox Twenty has kind of waned over the years, but I still have like such fondness for like, I only did songs from the first three albums, honestly. Um, and I haven't been super interested in them since, but, I mean, I love Rob Thomas. I love the band, and I always will.
0: So. Yeah, and I like I said, I don't really have too many nostalgic memories of them. I obviously heard their songs. They were around. They, they weren't a band that connected with me personally for whatever reason. So all of my nostalgic memories of Matchbox 20 are tied up with you, like going mm-hmm. to see them in concert, which I know we've done at least twice. Mm-hmm, sure. And I think we saw them. We hadn't even been dating that long. I remember we went down to, I think, Pachanga to see them.
5: Oh yeah, Uh, and so yeah,
0: and I remember there's a picture of the two of us, just one of our earliest selfies, I think, Mm -hmm. when we were just starting out dating. So
2: yeah, because you you had to know up front that like it was always going to be Rob Thomas and you. I mean, unfortunately,
0: that's fine. I know my place. Anyone
2: would ever come between our marriage? It would be Rob.
0: Fair, fair. He's a beautiful man. Um, So as we've done with our prior musical episodes um everybody has come in except me uh with a, a top 10 list so uh we're just going to go through them and and talk about each song and uh, you kind know, of what they mean to, uh, to whoever <laughs> picked them so um betsy i'll start with you so let's go with your number 10 matchbox 20 song
4: my number 10 is uh hang on every word from the newest album it's so all-
1: it's okay if you freeze because it's about what you'll do next that gives you meaning sometimes they mean to break you sometimes
4: Yeah, it's, I I don't know if you've heard it, but it's really, uh, Paul Duchet, from what I read, wrote it for his daughter. And it really has this beautiful um, vibe, like, I'm going to hang on your every word while you talk to me. You're my world. It's just, it really reminds me of my dad when I was growing up, because that's how he was with me. So it was. So that's one song. The first time I heard it, I was like, well, I'm going to cry. That's great.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what good music should do, right? It should trigger that some kind of an emotional response. Um, I think if it doesn't, then what's the point?
4: Right.
2: I Honestly, I don't know this song, but now I'm like super curious to go seek it out. I apologize. I'm like, I'm just not super familiar with the more recent albums. And that's kind of embarrassing to admit. (laughs) Kyle, the, do you know that song? I I
3: don't know that song, but I mean, I've heard it. I've listened to the whole complete recent album that came out earlier this year, and it's actually really good. I think the thing about it for me that makes it tough to put any of those later songs into my top ten is just not knowing it as well. I mean, it's new. Um, f- falling in love with stuff off the first three albums was like, it's kind of like the nostalgia, right? It's like listening to Aerosmith. You listen to the old Aerosmith. You don't listen to the stuff that came out in, in 2000. So that's kind of how it is. But I have heard that stuff off the new albums, and, and they can still write, those guys. And with Paul Duchette now moving from drums to guitar, I mean, I they kind of feel like they're doing what they used to do. Because I think it was Adam on guitar, and Paul has picked up the pace really well. I think he's probably part of the writing of the songs now um and they have a drummer i don't know who the drummer is but it, whoever the drummer is now holds it all together so they still sound and write just as good as they did back in the 90s
0: well cool that's a good segue so kyle i'll let you pick your top 10 for us or your, yes. your number 10
3: my number 10 yeah so for the my number 10 i'm going off the third album um it's a minor key one a darker one that's one thing that I love off of every Matchbox 20 album is you're always going to get a couple songs that are kind of darker in a minor key. Some that come to mind is like Bent off the second album, uh, Busted off the first album kind of does that where it's a little darker. Uh, so my number 10 choice uh, kind of also reminds me a little bit of Smooth. Um, it's going to be Disease.
1: You left a stain On every one of my good days But I am stronger than you. To let you go No one's ever turned you over, no one's tried to ever let you
2: Did you pick that song because of the the musicality of it or did the lyrics have anything to do with it?
3: Definitely the lyrics, but I mean the musicality is really what drives that song home. Kind of that groove, how it it's got that sort of minor almost Spanish kind of funk that you can just kind of feel the groove. Lyrics are good, fine, but it's it's, it's really the groove that this takes it. This
2: song too, I I realized today was co-written by Mick Jagger and I wonder if that had anything to do I had no idea until I saw that today um so I was super like interested that he had written on a song and I wonder if that had anything to do with like the musicality of it
3: good point
0: yeah and you know you mentioned Smooth obviously Smooth is you know one of Rob Thomas's prop if not one of his his biggest song not really eligible technically for our list because it's a solo song Um, but just to share what, I just remember that song being so popular that I heard it on the radio and the DJ like literally said like, okay, we're going to play it again. And they literally played the exact same (laughs) song over again immediately, which like never happens. Um, so that just kind of showed you how good it was. And you're right. This song does sort of have, it almost feels like, um, you know, the, the, prototype for that song in, in a lot of ways musically. So yeah, cool pick.
4: Betsy, do you have anything to say about that song? It it is one of my favorites. It didn't make my list, but I do mm-hmm.
0: love that song. It pairs nicely with "Infected" by Bad Religion. But- <laughs> ah, yeah, another yeah. great one. That's a great
3: disease,
4: one. Disease
2: was one that like kept going on and off my list, honestly. And like when we we listened to some songs today, and I'm, if I'm going to talk this much, this podcast would be two hours. I'm sorry, but um, we heard an acoustic version of it, so it was like just the guitar and just Rob singing. And, like those songs just go straight like if I could just have an acoustic album of all of the songs sorry the rest of the band <laughs> <laughs> so for me it's like the songwriting
0: okay yeah. Anyways, well that so, uh, yeah. another uh, you've teed yourself up nicely what is your number 10
2: so my number 10 <coughs> um I picked this song uh, gosh I don't even know what album it was either the second or the third album I'm, I'm terrible um last beautiful girl won't be the first part that you'll break. And I think this is another one that's just second album, kind of Second album, yeah. Um, and this, for me, is also kind of like a vibey song, um, the musicality of it. And a lot of these songs, like, I really thought it was more about the lyrics, but it's really just the music and the melodies that are driving a lot of my choices. And I just think this song has, like, a lot of, like, very interesting parts, and it kind of jumps around between m- different melodies, and I think it's just a really, really pretty song. So that is my number 10 choice song.
0: Folks, any other thoughts on uh, Last Beautiful Girl before we move on to number nine?
3: Eh, great choice. Great song. What, I mean, what, really one of the best songs, I think, off the second album. I don't remember it being very popular, which was kind of a bummer because it was one of the first songs I heard off that album to where I was like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. Really melodic.
4: hmm Yeah.
0: All right. Betsy, you're number nine.
4: My number nine is She's So Mean. Cause she's an old town, get And I'll tell you why, because it's so dancey. I always want to dance to it when I hear it and I can sing along with it. They make fun of me at work because when that song comes on and someone comes in my office, I'm usually dancing. That is fun. I feel like they play that song live, and I feel like I've heard it live.
2: They did play it at the last concert we went to. Yeah, it's a fun song live.
4: Yeah, they played it at the one I went to in Virginia Beach this year, and Mm -hmm. the energy was amazing with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of songs where uh, the singer sings about how awful somebody is. Um, I still think the winner on that, uh, uh, Bob Dylan has a song. Uh, I think it's called "Positively Fourth Street," if, if I'm remembering correctly. And literally, this the whole song is just him saying like the, the first line is "You got a lot of nerve to say you are my friend," and it just keeps going. Um, that's probably the the meanest song, so this might be number two or three. But like, yeah, you're right. Like, for as a, like as kind of down as the lyrics are about like just just how awful this person is it's like super catchy and upbeat and dancey
4: yeah that's that's what i love about it and the video is so fun
0: what's it remind me what's in the video
4: it's just them in a room and this girl like throwing records at them and she's catching things on fire this just the mean girl just dancing around (laughs) cool
0: All right, Kyle, you're number
3: nine. Number nine, going uh, back to the first album. Um, I don't know that this will be on many people's list because it's a little obscure. song called Argue off of the first album.
1: she don't, but she will He sells anything to keep her by him She takes what she gets And she never did flinch, no It's over over, well, anyone, well, any mind would think that's all she gets. If you want, you can't get to know me.
3: I think this one really touches a touches a note for me because of just seeing them so live, so often during their first album live. I mean, we went to see so many shows when all they had were their first twelve songs and a couple a couple outtakes, a couple other ones. But they would open a lot of their shows with "Argue," and I remember when that kicked in, it just felt good. The melody is not particularly amazing; it's really the music that does it for me, and just kind of the feel of that song. Um, so I had to I had to put it in my top ten.
2: Yeah, I feel like that kind of like err, like that aggression you can feel in a lot of the songs in the first album. Um, There was another song that kind of has that kind of uh, err that ended up on my like honorable mentions list. Um, But yeah, this one didn't particularly stand out from the first album, but it's a good choice. And I remember... Yeah, they would play like every song off the first album and then like rest stop or something like they would get with like one other song.
3: Black and uh, white people, I think, before that came oh, out. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of bands do that. Their, their first album is going to be super hard and aggressive and they'll kind of soften as they go a little bit or explore different emotional spaces. I mean, even a band like, say, Nirvana, you know, like, you know, by the time you get to their third album, they're still literally singing a song called Rape Me, you know, but... If you Go back towards like Bleach, you know, like it's even more harsh and like, it's just, I think there's something about being young and an angry, you know, rock band that gives you like, yeah, of course they've worked that song up and practice it. No wonder they're kicking off, you know, concerts with it.
2: Yeah. I think you can really see like the emotional growth of Rob in the songs or the whole band. Um, But like just seeing like how angry and like kind of like raw some of the songs are on the first album. And then it like, I think it gets like more melodic. And, like, he gets more in touch with, like, more emotions Mm -hmm. as, like, the albums build. I don't know if you guys would agree with that.
3: I agree. And I also think that the guitar work changes, too. Like, on the first album, I feel like I'm hearing the left and right guitar, like the Kyle and the Adam. Like, that's one thing about Argue is you hear the distinction between both guitar parts. Where in the later albums, I mean, the guitar work is great. Not so much later albums, but even just the consequential ones. Um, But they have a lot more production, a lot more harmonies, a lot more keyboards, great stuff. My favorite kind of stuff, but that's the thing about that first album. It's just so raw.
2: Mm
0: All right. Um, Good choice. Amy, your number nine.
2: My number nine is also from the first album. I think it was the 11th track. It was Shame. Shame.
1: What we learned here is love tastes bitter when it's gone Past yourself, forget the light, things look dirty when it's on Funny how it comes to pass that all the good slips away And there's no one around you can remember being good to you try you
5: and step
2: by you and open up more shame shame, shame. <laughs> um which is kind of a song about like sadness and like I was just talking about how his emotions didn't kick in until later but like this is a very emotional kind of sad some of these songs I couldn't honestly tell you like what he's trying to convey other than like you can really feel like um like the disappointment in the lyrics um and I remember I'm pretty sure I used a line from this song in my yearbook quote um funny in a certain light how we all look the same and that line has always like stuck with me um so yeah, that's my number
3: nine. Cool, that's a good. I like shame. 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 was an honorable mention for me. I had it as like my eleven or twelve or thirteen. But mm-hmm. yeah, another just great melodic song off the first album.
0: Cool. All right, um, Betsy, I will turn it over to you for your number eight.
4: Uh, my number eight, <clears throat> excuse me, is bent. If I fall
1: long way- Get too tired to make it Be my breath so I can walk and if I need some other love, then Give me more than I can stand When my smile gets old and faded I Wait around, I'll smile again Shouldn't be so complicated Just hold me in then or just hold me again. Can you help me, I'm bins. I'm so scared that I never get put back together. Keep breaking me, in. and this is how we really help with you and me.
4: I really just love everything about that song. Um, And saying December 8, when I love everything about that song, means my other songs I just love too. But I love because I feel, I actually relate to this song a lot, you know, help me, I'm bent. I mean, I'm afraid I'll never get put back together again. That just, it resonates with me a lot, so...
3: Ben's a good track. It doesn't quite make my list. To be honest, when I first heard it, I was I was disappointed. It was the first single off of their second album, and I was ready for another another real world, right? Another another good, big, big major sounding song. And Ben, it, it was weird. It kind of sounded R&B. It sounded like they were trying something that wasn't them. But the more and more I listened to the album, I, I realized that that song fit in. And the more and more I've heard that song over the years, I really appreciate it. So I think it's a good choice.
2: I think it's a great choice. It is on my honorable mentions. I had like a few that were like in the 11 to 13 block that kept like going up and down, and this was one of them. Um, and I remember hearing the song in my dorm room and being just so excited that Matchbox 20 had another album that came out. Um, and I, just the, the beginning of that song, like, this is uh, if I fall along the way, right? Pick me up and dust me off. Yeah. And that, I just, I love this song. This is a great choice.
0: Yeah. It's a real positive one. You know, um, it it, like the message is as you said betsy like really relatable um because we've all felt like you know you've you've fallen and you've got to sort of pick yourself back up um so yeah solid choice uh all right kyle your number eight
3: my number eight is betsy's number nine uh she's so mean that's why i didn't say so much the first time around um i love that song i really only probably heard that song for the first time i want to say three or four years ago um it's so good. It's so melodic. Um, their pre-chorus leading into the chorus, to me, it's just melody at its best. Lyrics, good. Yeah, for sure. It's a dance song. Uh, great lyrics. I feel it. Um, but to me, there's that's actually a really good album. I think it's called North. Is that right? Their fourth album, North? Um, like really solid album. Really good tracks on there. And this is the standout best song on the album, for sure. I don't know why it wasn't as popular as it could have been, but this is a great, great track.
0: All right uh let's uh what's well, since uh, we've got there I, where are we at oh you i guess uh number amy eight. your your turn with number eight
2: number eight my choice is the first single off the first album um so long day i'm sorry about the attitude i need to give
1: when i'm with you but no one else will take this from me and i'm so terrified of no one else myself to go away, hey, listen me, and I can't get myself to go away, oh God, I shouldn't feel this way now, reach down your hand in your pocket, pour out some hope for me.
2: Which you just can't have a top 10 list without this song being in there somewhere. It's just a great, great song. Um, great melody. I don't really know what it's about fully, but <laughs> 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 um, but I just love it. It's like the vibe for me. A lot of these songs are like all about vibe.
0: This is one I didn't know until I saw them in concert, oh, I think, really? with you. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a solid little uh, ditty. Like yeah. I, I enjoy this one whenever they, they bust it out.
2: Yeah, this is our first song. Single. I'm pretty sure you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, Absolutely. but they didn't really. It wasn't super popular, um, and then until the push, they became popular when Push was released.
0: Yeah, that was well. I think Real World was pretty big. That was like a kind of wasn't that before Push? I don't
2: think that was before Push. No. Push, was no. oh, okay. All yeah,
4: right, push, well, yeah, like that push.
0: definitely bust them wide open. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, guys, any other thoughts on uh, Long Day?
4: It's. Ooh. I I do like that song. Um, I wish. Um. I had heard it before I heard Push, because I probably would have bought the album quicker, because I really do like that <laughs> song a lot better than Push. Oh. Although, I do love Push, <laughs> She's as I'm wearing push my shirt Push on. shirt. <laughs> and um, it is a great song, but yeah, I I loved Long Day a lot. Just yeah. like you said, the vibe, it was just that vibe of that song is yeah. really good. They were...
3: They would close with this song, and I remember that they would always go into, like, a a last verse that wasn't on the record. Mm -hmm. And they kind of break it down and go into this cool, I couldn't tell you what what they were saying, but uh, Mm I kind of extended it a little bit longer, and it made it so fun.
2: I do remember that. You're right. And I was going to also point out, like, there's so many, like, little, like, things about the songs that stand out to me that probably no one else thinks of. But, like, how he starts the song by just taking a deep breath. Like, I don't know why that is, like, interesting to me. But, like, the fact that they left that in is, like, such a, like, nuanced musical thing. Like, I don't know. Really? Yeah, you know they
3: had to have some kind of click track with that song because they just all come in. <gasps> it's sitting by, like, it's like, who was counting off? Like, they had to probably cut that out.
2: Yeah. What's a click track?
0: So, but if there, you, have, you have a song like that where, like, everything just kind of immediately just kicks in at once... Um, you need the musicians to all be able to know how are we going to start at the same time. Yeah. So without having a person literally say one, two, three, four, you could have a, a track that's like a clicking, like
5: okay. like a,
0: like on karaoke tracks, you'll hear that where, so you know where to come in. Um, and then in the editing, of course, they would just you know wipe it out so you mm-hmm. don't hear it.
3: Huh. Yeah, we we so. used to do that with my band recording. Uh, we would actually have our drummer play to a click track, so there'd be click click, click. And he'd play a lot of that because you want a song to be consistent tempo throughout. You don't want to start off slow and get fast and kind of jump around. So that's pretty common. And then, like you said, Doug, you just pull it out of the final mix. Yep. All
0: right. Uh, Betsy, you're number seven.
4: Uh, my number seven is rest stop.
1: While you were sleeping, I was listening to the radio and wondering what you dream it came to mind that I didn't care. So I thought, hell, if it's over, will I get better and it quicker I can lose all my nerve? Can you hear me while you were sleeping? Well, I was listening to the radio and wondering what all true. Now, when it came to mind,
4: which um, I first heard it live on a bootleg. Was it the Poughkeepsie show that you were at? I think I do have that bootleg of that show you were <laughs> nice. at. Um, and it's on cassette and I still own the cassette That's like amazing. or not own it, but I still have it. But that song just, Oh my gosh. It's like almost a worst nightmare. Like you're driving with someone. <clears throat> They're like, yeah, I don't really care about you anymore. So Yep. just get out of my car now <laughs> and just go because we're not going anywhere now but it's it's, it's kind of a haunting song because you know poor rob <laughs> <laughs> yeah he says he
2: introduces the song and saying like this is an absolute 100 percent true story
4: yeah
3: I always appreciate this song because this was one of the songs they played when they were touring off the first album. And we hadn't heard it on a record yet, right? We were just listening to it live. And then you knew that it was going to be on the second album when it came out. Because you saw it on the track list and you're like, ooh, I wonder I wonder how this is going to sound when you hear it on the album. It was definitely different because I felt like live they did a little bit more acoustic where they electricized it a little bit more in concert, which was really cool.
2: Yeah. I think there's the nostalgia in the song for me. Because of the live shows and being excited, like, am I going to get to hear the song? Something about hearing a song that wasn't on an album. Um, this was also on my honorable mentions, but I put, like, the live version, <laughs> not the recorded version. Just because, like Kyle said, I, I just liked the Rob would come out with his guitar and you knew or you were going to get something, like, really special. So this is a great choice. I, I love this song.
0: Cool. All right, Kyle, you're number seven. My number seven is Downfall.
2: I wonder
1: how you sleep I wonder what you think of me If I could go back Would you have ever been with me I want you to be honest I want you to remember I want you to believe
3: Um, really dark, minor-sounding song off of their third album. This song has everything I like about a rock song. It's melodic, it's minor key, there's a super big amount of harmonies at the end. I think they go into a full like chorus line. Um, this is one of those songs that I could listen to over and over again. The production is so huge, because you get a very kind of basic, broken-down verse with just a little bit of bass drums, guitar, vocals, and then by the time you're at the end of the song, it's full-on orchestrated, orchestrated and just kind of pounding, so... I love this
2: one. Yeah, I love this song, too. I love, I don't know if when you're talking about the chorus, like, it's like, there's kind of, like, clapping, only love can save me. Like, it it totally sounds like a different, like, almost like a gospel song at the end of it. Right, right. Yeah. I love this song. It's not on my list, but there's a certain vibe. What? Is this the third album?
4: Yes, third album. Third
2: album. Yeah, I feel like those songs hit a little bit different. Um, Yeah, that's a good choice. Betsy, anything?
4: Yeah, I do I do like that song. It's one of my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. And like you were talking about earlier, how the, the songs were fluctuating on your list. Mine did too. <laughs> um, it took me days to write this list. <laughs> so Yeah. But yeah, I do love that song. It's very I thought it was really beautiful and just a really great song. the, the melodies and everything.
0: All right. Amy, you're number 7.
4: Okay. I find it interesting we
2: haven't Oh, we've had one overlap one. out of Yeah. 12 songs. So that's pretty like it's pretty good so far. Um all right. This one I think is melodically like one of the most beautiful songs. Um and it's Leave
1: I'm not saying. there was nothing wrong. I didn't think you'd ever get tired of me But if that's how you're gonna live Straight out from underneath Then we'll see who sorry it now
2: Um, I don't know what album.
3: <laughs> I think it's the second one. The second, second? or the third? Third. Uh, I, think, I don't think know. think third.
2: I don't know. It's just, um, it's such a sad song. And it's about um, like someone kind of like turning their emotions off and leaving a situation and not really understanding that. Um, so, and I, there's a really pretty melody. Um, I think it's the pre-chorus. He's saying, I'm not saying there wasn't nothing wrong. I just didn't think you'd ever get tired of me which is like, oh, that's so heartbreaking and so beautiful. And he's just, oh, he's such a magic wordsmith. I, I love that song. I don't have too much
3: to say about the one. I know the song. I know it starts off kind of a little orchestrated, if I remember correctly. It's one of the last songs off of one of those albums. Um, not a standout song for me, but maybe I haven't heard it enough. So I must I must revisit Leave.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those that I I don't generally skip songs, but sometimes I'll be like,
5: oh no <laughs> I, I know I'm sorry. No, there, sorry
4: there are very few Matchbox 20 songs I'll click over well the new album it's so different from when they were angsty mm-hmm. so I'm still getting used to that album
0: well if that. you're still angsty at their age uh, you know something's a little wrong <laughs> you, yeah, you can't be angsty at that at that old um, alright so Betsy we're, we're back to you for your number six
4: uh, my number six is I will and sleep, pay away. Don't let it
1: go, don't let it fade. Your dreams may cave falling apart.
4: go take a little piece of me I believe that's off the North album um it's just this really pretty beautiful like love song he's just saying you know when no one else is there I will be there just like basically yeah it's very sweet um and it's one of the slower songs um which I like when they do. Like I like when they slow down a little bit and just show their softer side. I, I guess
2: I don't know that song. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that album. Maybe Kyle, do you know that song?
3: No, I know I've heard it because I've listened to the album its entirety. But um, I think there's only three that I can say I know the titles. But yeah, I, I got to revisit this one too. Yeah.
0: And I'm useless. I only know the Beatles song of the same name, which is not helpful. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, all right. Uh, then, Kyle, your number six.
3: My number six, um, we already mentioned this one. Amy had it maybe around 9 or 10, Last Beautiful Girl. Uh, another great track off of Mad Season. Um, very melodic. I think the best part of the song for me is when it picks up, goes into double time for the bridge. Uh, super melodic. Um this was one of my favorites when, when this album came out. I thought it should have been a single. It might have been. I don't know that it was popular. But um, yeah, Loving the Last Beautiful Girl.
2: I thought this was going to be higher on your list. I'm surprised it wasn't. I feel like maybe it was just at the time it was like one of your favorites off that album, but not all of all time, Matchbox 20. Yeah, okay. you already know I like this song, so...
0: Yeah. All right. Well, then, Amy, let's hear your number six.
2: All right. My number six is off the first album. It's the last song. It's called Hang. Let her go,
1: let her go Rio.
3: It's, I um, thought this was going to be your number one, but
2: okay. <laughs> we were wrong about each other, I guess. <laughs> we'll see about our other choices that we talked about. Um, yeah, this is just a simple song and a guitar. And, a, you know, it's about a person like leaving a relationship and like relationships kind of dead. Um, I remember I was on the radio asking about this song. They Like, um, like a
0: call-in? It,
2: yeah, it was a call-in at Kiss FM, I think. Um they had Rob and Kyle were there. Rob and somebody, or some two of the members of the band were there. And I actually got through and I was like, who sings the chorus? Is it, is it Kyle? Is it Rob? I can't tell. And it, it's Kyle. Um, it was just such a super niche question like for like an 18-year-old to ask or however old I was.
0: I don't know. They probably appreciate, I mean, because if, if you're doing like press, like you must get the same question 70, 80 times. So for someone to go like, actually, I have like a really hyper-technical production question. They're probably like, oh, thank God, something different.
2: Yeah. I remember them. Somebody saying something's like sort of inappropriate, but I don't remember if it was them or the radio host. Something about like what I was wearing. Like, I don't remember like what. I wish I had that recording. I will never hear it again. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I have some like old cassette tapes about like the band in that closet, so maybe I could find it. you could find a cassette player, that's true. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I, but yeah, I remember
3: I, the I remember the Colin Amy. I remember I remember liking that song after listening to you on the radio for ninety seconds and thinking, oh, okay, so that's not the lead singer with the chorus. That's the guitarist dude. I guess his name's Kyle. <laughs> Very early on in my Matchbox 20 career, but I have liked that song so much ever since. Uh, so solid, so slow, but um, another great tune. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's probably one of my favorites off that album in particular <clears throat> is Hang. It's just, you know, it was kind of heart wrenching because, you know, it's about leaving a relationship and you're like, well, I guess I'll just hang <laughs> here. Yeah. <laughs> Be awkward. <laughs> That's how I took it. Maybe it's not how Rob meant it. But
2: Yeah, maybe like staying in a relationship you shouldn't be in any longer, like hanging, yeah. like hanging on. Yeah. 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 All
1: right.
0: All right, cool. Um, so that I think Betsy, you're number five.
4: Uh my number five is unwell. But I'm not crazy, I'm just
1: Talking to myself
4: in public, dodging glances on the train. I do love the song. Um, I have bipolar disorder, and I really feel like this is my theme song. This is, I'm in a support group on on Facebook, and we're all like, yes, Unwell is our song. (laughs) But it's just really, just, I don't know. And I was really surprised it became as popular as it did, because um, like I'll put on a YouTube mix of like nineties music, and Unwell is like usually right there at the first one. it was like, wow, this is cool. Yeah,
3: they think, still play so, Unwell on the radio now for sure, all the time.
4: Oh, do, oh, that's cool. I um, I don't really listen to the radio much, so um, at least I know in West Virginia we our rock stations
0: are lacking, really. But. I don't have a quote unquote nostalgic memory of this song, only just of kind of uh, messing around with it in that I would change the lyric from I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell to I'm not crazy, I'm just illiterate because uh, it, okay. it kind of paired well, just the pattern of the vowel and consonant sounds. And I just like the idea of this song about this person, like, you know, just, you know, I know right now you can't tell. But anyway, nothing to do with the content of the song. I just just a silly thing I used to do when
3: I heard it. So there you go. That's
0: that's the kind of insight (laughs) I can offer as a non-Matchbox 20 (laughs) fan.
3: I think it's a good choice. I think um, for your average Matchbox 20 listener, and that's not us by any means, that's going to be in their top five, right? I mean, big chorus, very catchy, right to the point, uh, probably one of the most popular songs off that album. Not in my top ten, not in my honorable mentions, but probably right after that somewhere in the lower top twenty
2: <laughs> yeah uh this this is a song I typically skip <laughs> i I don't have this doesn't really resonate with me i almost i find it kind of like annoying <laughs> sorry, but I understand that it's very catchy and like I can hear it in my head like the crowd singing along to the the chorus um I understand it's a fan favorite,
0: okay um then Kyle your number 5
3: yeah my number 5 is mad season I love the song. I'm surprised it wasn't a huge hit when it came out. It's got all the parts are so great. It's got a great verse. It's got a strong pre-chorus, super sing-alongable chorus. I mean, it's got a great guitar solo. It's got that slow groove. I mean, it really has everything. And that, to me, it's, it's, it's very Beatlesque too. It's all the melodic parts all mixing together. Um, I think I'll always be a fan of Mad Season. I think it was one of the first songs I heard off that album, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. This is awesome.
2: I'm looking at Betsy. Do you have anything on that song?
4: (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Mad Season is one of my least favorite albums. And I don't listen to it all that much. Um, I mean, I will. When I was getting ready for the concert this year, I was like, okay, I got to listen to everything. (laughs) But um, I mean, that's and that's probably one of my lesser songs that I I don't really enjoy. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) That's all right. I do like the video though The video is hilarious to me Cause they're all in that The airplane And all the fans Are like trying to Rip them apart and I did like the video though
2: That's fun This is a good Yeah I like the song a lot It's a good song Okay uh,
0: Your number five eh?
2: My number five Um, I think it's from The third album And it's I think it is just Like one of the Prettiest melodies And it's hand-me-down
1: Someday they'll find Your small town world On a big town avenue Gonna make you like the way they talk when they're talking to you. Gonna make you break out of your shell, cause they tell you too. Gonna make you like the way they lie better than the truth. They'll tell you everything you wanted someone else to say. They're gonna break your heart, yeah, from what I've seen. You're just a one
2: solely picked on the, the melody it's just a pretty um i don't know if it's like a violin playing in the background it's a kyle question i don't even know if you know that answer
3: i don't um, know the answer but it is a really melodic song from right yeah. when it kicks into big chorus great choice yeah.
2: it, i mean the, the thought of someone just being a hand-me-down to it's like oh that is so like heart-wrenching and ugh. yeah that's all not much else to say i just i love the melody
0: all right okay uh then chirp chirp, chirp, chirp <laughs> uh then uh betsy you're number four
4: um that would be so sad so lonely I don't, I know it's never single. No one's probably like, we've, we've heard it. I know we've heard it, but like any of my friends who just are casual Matchbox 20 fans are like, what's that? And they're like, you have to listen to it. I um My favorite memory about this song though is uh, the first time I saw them play it live. I was actually in California visiting my niece. Um, We went to the brief history of everything tour concert and it was her first concert. She was in her twenties, like early twenties, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm taking you to a '90s concert. Come on, let's go!" And they played that song, and I was so excited. And later, she's like, "Aunt B, I've never seen you so excited
5: before."
0: <laughs>
4: I was like, "It's one of my favorite songs. I've never got to hear him, hear him do it live, so that was fun."
0: I- I'll ask. But, you just since we're on the subject, what was your first concert?
4: Um, my actual first real concert. It was probably. Maybe it was Matchbox 20 when I went to DC to stay with, um, a couple of the girls that we, we knew online. Um, that was a real experience too.
2: That's a, a big faith leap to do that.
4: <laughs> yeah. Cause I'd only talked to, I went to stay with Karen and I'd mm-hmm. only talked to her through instant messaging and, uh, we got on the phone a few times and she was like, you should just come up and visit. And I was like, okay. And then Lisa had come in and it was a real big, a real big deal.
2: (laughs) I'm glad it worked out in a positive way for you. (laughs) Oh God, me too.
4: (laughs)
3: It it feels like this is the moment where everyone goes around and says what their first concert was.
0: Yeah, sure. We could take, we could take a quick detour. What, What was yours, Kyle.
3: I don't know if Amy was there. I know you were young. Um, It was in the mid-80s, and I actually saw the Monkees. Great experience. Monkees live in, like, 87, 88. Um, To be honest, it it was weird to me that they weren't singing the exact same melodies as I heard on their records and on the show. So it was a little weird. And then, of course, as my concert career progressed, I realized that they don't always play it exactly the same, but it was my first, like, oh, okay, so you're going to sing this song a little bit different. What do you remember about that show, Amy?
2: I remember that they were on a rotating stage.
3: Rotating stage, yes.
2: <laughs> was it in Long Beach? Like, where was that?
3: I think it was in Santa Ana or Orange.
2: Oh, I don't even know if that concert venue is still there. I, like, I don't know where it would be. Um, I remember going. I don't remember. I feel like maybe our cousins were there.
3: I think so, yeah. Four of us.
2: Yeah? Oh, really?
3: Maybe. Maybe Dad was there. I don't know. I, someone I must
2: like, have taken us, though, because I don't think they were old enough to drive. Maybe. I mean, it was like
3: probably 87, 88, so we were we were little.
2: So I guess Dara could have had her license, but yeah, that's all I remember. I don't remember like anything about the music. I just remember that I was there.
3: Hmm. Was that was that your first concert? then? it had to be, right? Yeah. How old?
2: Seven
0: or eight. Okay, cool. Uh, well, then this will surprise no one at all. But my first concert uh, was seeing Weird Al Yankovic at age thirteen, <laughs> yeah. um, at uh, I think the Greek in Los Angeles. I went with a friend's dad, took uh, him and me to go mm. see. Uh, him and that was the Off the Deep End tour, which was the one that was the uh, the comeback album where he did the Nirvana parody. Um, so mm-hmm. that was that was really exciting. My first adult type concert uh, in college, uh, a friend of mine took me to go see uh, Neil Young doing like an acoustic set at the Will Turn, which was really cool.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so there you go. Yep. Um, all right, Kyle, uh, your number four Matchbox Twenty song.
3: Number four, sticking with the third album. Um, this is a song I actually didn't really like so much when it first came out, um, but it's grown on me over the years. A um, song called Bright Lights. I'm sure everybody knows it. I got a
1: hole in me now Yeah, I got a scar I can talk about She keeps a picture of me apartment in the city But some things in this world man, they don't make sense There's some things you don't need until they leave you Then the things that you miss You say, baby, baby, baby When all your love is gone Who will save me From all I'm up against Now in this world But if the bright lights don't receive you, you should turn yourself around and come on home. Let that city take you
3: in. On. One of the most powerful bridges of any song ever, Let That City Take You In, Let That City Spit You Out, I think was what he sang. Um but damn, he belts it out for that bridge and that whole song. When the drums kick in, da 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 da, da doo, man, I think it—it's not just the song, but it's the production of that song that really hits home with me.
2: Yeah, I like the song a lot. That's all I'll say. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm sure it's higher on Amy's <laughs> list. Uh, no, no question. I kind of predicted that in my head. Um, Bet- Betsy, is uh, any thoughts on Bright Lights, or are you going to give the I- same? same reserved answer that Amy gave
4: <laughs> oh it, it's in my honorable mentions I do like that song it's very pretty and and like he was saying the production of it is just I loved it it um, when I first heard it I was like oh this is really great but yeah but it did hit my honorable mentions. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I like this one. Um if I if I had made a list, this would have probably been on it uh near the top. I think it's really well produced. I think the fact that like you pointed out Kyle it builds and builds till it kind of bursts open there. Um it reminds me a lot of like say Coldplay's Fix You. Like it's kind of the same like what if we started real slow and worked our way up to something bigger uh, and let the song kind of burst open. Um so I think it's one of their more sophisticated songs in terms of its like songwriting craft, its production, all of that stuff. It's not just like, hey, let's just do a four-four, you know, pop song. Like it's it's much more sophisticated as a composition. So I, I like that one a lot. So, okay, Amy, your number four.
2: My number four song. I would be shocked if this song is on anyone else's list. I feel like it is such a deep cut, um, and I think it's from the third album, and it's called Cold
1: in between. If you could tell me now What it means
2: um i feel like rob thomas has just a really good way of like singing about the end of a relationship um and i like i said on every other song i love the melody and like there's a very very basic key change that kyle will laugh about but i love that key change at the end of the song and the the notes just kind of like go up at the end and i i just love it i don't know why that stands out to me but it does
3: it does to me too. The key change. I mean, that's something that being a musician, it's it's easy for me. But just, I guess, as just a listener, you notice that in that song, they're kind of pumping through, doing their verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's great, really melodic, and then at the end, it takes the chorus up a notch. And to me, it's obvious. It's a big fat key change, and it's great. It makes it feel even more powerful. Great song. I knew it would be in your top five, Amy.
2: Yeah, I love that.
0: You picked a lot of breakup songs tonight. Should I, should I be concerned? <laughs> nope. Okay. All
4: right. Uh, Betsy, do
2: you have any feelings towards that song?
4: Um, I do like it. It it was in my honorable mentions, which is feels like it's longer than my top ten, honestly. <laughs> but it it is a good song. I do enjoy that song.
0: All right, uh, then Betsy, we're on to you for your number three.
4: Uh, my number three is "Hand Me Down," mm-hmm. which is another song I remember. When I first got this album, listening to it, um, I would just be walking to work, and I had a little discman, and I was listening to it, and the song came on, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is me." <laughs> this is, if someone was saying, singing the song to me, I would just be like in tears constantly. But, but yeah, so it's, it just I I thought it was a beautiful and it, like you said earlier, heart wrenching song. So. Yep. And I, I tend to like those a lot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he has just a way with those heart-wrenching words. It's he's so good at it.
4: He really is. Yes.
0: All right. Kyle, you're number 3.
3: My number 3 is an obvious choice. It's real world. I
1: wonder what it's like to be a superhero. I wonder where I'd go if I could fly around downtown.
3: I mean, you can't, I can't not have Real World on here. I mean, the first song off the first album, drum fill, lak, dak, dak, dagga, boom, right in. I mean, every time that that song was kicking in, you know, okay, we're in for yourself or something like you. Like, let's go, let's listen to this whole album. And, of course, I really got to give kudos to, it was probably a Kyle Cook part, but there's a very famous one-note guitar solo in that song where he just, for like eight bars, it's just ding, 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 and it somehow it, it comes off. Totally awesome. I don't know how a one-note solo could be awesome, but Matchbox 20 pulled it off on Real World.
2: <laughs> I'm surprised you're okay with that guitar <laughs> solo or like... like. I feel like I a musician, As a musician you're like, what the heck?
3: To be able to pull that off and have it actually sound good, to me, that's impressive, right? If it was just one note that went on for days and there wasn't much going on behind it, maybe not. But yeah, they pulled it off on
2: this song. I think this song also has like a guitar bridge, doesn't it? Or am I thinking of a different song?
3: Yeah, it does have Which, a, it's like a guitar solo. So there's basically yeah. like a two solo part. There's the one note and there's one later on after the yeah. second chorus.
2: Which used to be like a lot more popular of just going into a break of like just guitar.
3: You don't Not, hear that so much no, anymore these days. I don't that at
0: all. I remember hearing this song a bunch. I mean, this is again, this is kind of the first song that I remember becoming really aware of them. Um, but I remember being um, backstage when I was doing theater in high school. And there was another kid that I did theater with that was real into this band and this song being something he was playing a lot while, while we were, you know, hanging around putting our like stage makeup on or costumes together or whatever. And like, yeah, this song just kind of permeating that space. Like that's my kind of first initial like memory of this band being a thing.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Tied to that song.
4: Yeah. Rural World is a really great song. I do like, I like it. The video, like I love their videos. A lot. Is that
3: the, is That's, that the video where like a zebra comes out and winks at everybody? It winks at you at the end, <laughs> right? Is that something?
4: Yeah, funny? and Paul Dushet dressed as a waitress, and it's There's just like a
2: llama in the or a camel in the bowling alley.
4: Yeah, yeah, it was just a fun video. <laughs>
2: just... I
0: remember that. All right, then Amy, your number three.
4: My number three
2: was mentioned by Kyle a little bit earlier, and it's Mad season. I didn't say anything before because. Saving my commentary for now. Um, I think I loved the song because it was just so different than the first album. Like, it just didn't sound like a Matchbox 20 song, honestly. It was so, like, I'm dancing. Um, like, vibey and and poppy. Um, and, yeah, uh, I think the lyrics are interesting. And I think it's about, like, I'm guessing it's about, like, being famous and, like, kind of going through that season of life and not not knowing, like, what's next and unpredictability and stuff like that. But yeah, I love that song.
0: All right. Uh, then that brings us to Betsy, your number two.
4: Uh, my number two favorite song is a good old fashioned cheating song. It's back to good.
1: I was thinking if you were lonely, maybe we could leave here. No one knows not to the point that we would think so. And everyone here knows everyone here is thinking about somebody else. Well, it's Anyone here was feeling the way I do but I'm lonely now, and I don't know how to get
4: it back to so good. So I remember... Um when they were going to make this video, there was like a contest for um, a fan to be in it. And I remember at least on the matchbox 20 news group, everyone going crazy about it. They're like, yeah, we got to try to do this. But um, I, I don't know why I like it so much because you know, I don't really condone cheating. (laughs) I've never done it.
0: Not many do. Um,
4: Yeah. (laughs) But I have been cheated on. So I, it's another resonation resonating song, which is fine. It was, it's like a thousand years ago when it happened. So I'm, I've made peace with it, but yeah, it's just one of those songs that I can just listen to over and over. I love the
3: song. Go ahead, Amy. I
4: was going to
2: say like that. I think it's the chorus. Everyone here. Or is that the pre-chorus knows everyone here. Like that's just such a good melody this is this song didn't make my list um but uh i like it i like it a lot
3: yeah it didn't make my list either but it's great and it's a big powerful one it was funny because off the first album they just kept releasing these songs right it was like you know after i think real world real world was probably the fourth and then it was like back to good it's like oh my god you guys still have gas in the tank to have five (laughs) singles off of first album and it's good how is this doable and yeah (laughs) By then we already had the album we were already watching them play live all the time but yeah what a great song didn't make my list also probably in the lower top 20 which is still good for a great band
0: All right then uh let's get your number 2
3: Kyle So my number 2 is I think it's kind of like the fan favorite you know push got to go push in here you said I don't know if I've
1: ever been. I'm a little bit rusty and I think my head is caving in And I don't know if I've ever been really loved By a hand that's touched me and I feel like something's gone again And I'm a little bit angry, oh well, this ain't no Now while I still need you forever You don't hold me will are not changing
3: I think it's the song that really made me realize that this is a real band after long day came out and it was pushed and it was like this thing was all over the radio in 97 i want to say um such a melodic verse and then the chorus i want to push you around you could really feel that angst in his voice um i mean really my, my number one which we'll get to in a little bit is more of a personal choice but i think number two I think maybe from the world's perspective is probably the most well-known, most popular song of all time from Matchbox 20.
0: Yeah, I mean, there is a reason it was used in the Barbie movie. Like, and I think if you were to ask people to name, you know, pull someone off the street and say, name a Matchbox 20 song, this would probably come up the most. Um, And with good reason, like it was a big, successful, popular song. It's well-written. I mean, there's, you know, um, it's got everything you need to be a hit.
2: Yeah, I remember Rob getting like shit in the news, people being like, oh, he's like a a wife beat or a girl beater, you know, like, and if you're actually listening to the song, it's that he was getting emotionally abused by her. Like he just turned the lyrics around, um, if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, But yeah, this is also my number two. So (laughs) yeah, so great, great choice. Great, great minds.
0: (laughs) Alright. Well then before before we get to our number ones.
4: Oh wait, I'm oh it. I'm
0: sorry, Betsy, I cut you off. Yeah.
4: Oh no, I was just gonna say You're wearing the push shirt. Yeah, I am. Woo. Um no, I remember when this when this did come out, I was a senior in high school and I went to a Christian high school and they were like, What are you listening to? <laughs> it's like you're listening to a song about a guy pushing a girl around. I was like, No, I'm not. <laughs>
5: That's not what's <laughs> happening
4: in this song. But I bought the cassette, honestly, based off of that song and fell in love with them.
3: I feel like this song became popular so fast. I feel like they played it on the radio and three weeks later it was number one. I mean, it was just caught on so quick to the world.
2: Yeah. I think I, if I'm remembering this correctly, so I just listened to a podcast with Rob and I think there was a a radio host in Alabama, actually, I think he said Birmingham, um, which is where Kyle's living now. Um, who, like, just fell in love with this song, and it was back when you were allowed to play whatever you wanted on the radio. So this DJ put it on the radio, and then that's how it, like, started to pick up steam. So I find that an interesting, like, oh, yeah, that's how radio used to be.
0: I think a lot of bands owe their success to one DJ stumbling onto their album and then something, you know, catches fire like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, you know, we, we live in an interesting time for music production because you don't have... You know, the monoculture, you don't have the pipeline of like MTV or terrestrial radio really saying, hey, everybody, let's all listen to this thing. Like, so like, yes, you get a Taylor Swift once in a while who will dominate musical charts, but there's only one of her. You know, there used to be so many artists that everybody already knew. And now everyone's sort of in, in different niches and bubbles and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how music develops in that way. Like, can you have a, a song like Push? You know, and it's like, yes, but rarely.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Um all right, so before we get to number ones, let's. Uh, I want to hear some uh, some of you guys' honorable honorable mentions. So, um, Betsy, I'll start with you. What's on your honorable mention list that we haven't uh, touched on yet?
4: Oh, um, probably the song "Damn" from the first album. I really just like. She's taking her time. Oh my god, damn! I just love that song <laughs> so much. <laughs> but not enough to make it in the top ten. But it is definitely an honorable mention. Anything else on that list? Um, Oh, gosh, what is not on that list? (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think. I didn't really write them down. I just had them in my head. Okay. But um, it was off of, I think it was North, the English Town song, which I, like a casual Matchbox 20 fan probably wouldn't recognize it or anything, but I always thought that was so pretty, just the melody
0: And the chorus and everything, it was, you know, it was very nice. Oh, cool. All right. So, Kyle, uh, your honorable mentions.
3: Yeah, I wrote down four of them. Um, Shame, which I think Amy mentioned in her lower top ten. Feel, which is the leadoff track of, I think, the second album, maybe the third one of the, I think it's the third album leadoff track, um, "All I Need," which is also on the third album, and then um, shout out to the EP that came out in I think 08, 09, 07 maybe it was. How far we've come. Mm-hmm. I like that song a lot, not enough to make my top ten, um, but it's a good track.
2: Yep.
0: Amy, your honorable mentions.
2: My honorable mentions. So rest off the live version, which I said earlier. Um, I put three a.m. the acoustic piano version, which is a, such a deep cut. Um, Could I Be You Uh, Disease Busted which hasn't like anybody's talked about yet. This is like that really gritty song from the first album Um, and then I put Bent so most of those we talked about or some of those we talked about.
0: All right, guys then that that pays our way to hear everybody's number one. Um, Betsy your number one Matchbox 20 song
4: It is from the first album it's called Cody Now it was clear to all of us
1: we kept this hat of broken dreams. And we pulled them out. And when we needed them, oh yeah. So please hand me the bottle I think I'm lonely now. And please give me direction. I think the hurt's set
4: Oh yeah,
3: good one. (laughs) Love it.
4: Yeah, that song just, um, I went through, uh, I had a very close friend pass away, um, when I was 21. And this was the album I had on repeat anyway, but when I heard Cody after that had happened, I was like, oh God, I get this song now. Just... It's so personal. And that one line, you know, if you've never heard that silence, it's a god-awful sound. That just... It just... is heart-wrenching when you put it in context with, like, oh, this person's not here anymore. We just can't... You know, it's just like, we're going to... What did he say? We're going to pull out this hat of broken dreams. And just all this stuff is just so... So personal. And so just... My favorite word of the night is (laughs) Mm heart-wrenching, but it is, it was just, so that's, that's my number one. That's my absolute favorite song. And I've never heard them do it live personally, but I do have some bootlegs and hearing them do it live was just even more emotional. I couldn't imagine hearing it live personally, (laughs) like in front of me.
3: Yeah, it's a good choice. Cody, I mean, so many good melodic songs off that first album. But Cody always reminds me of Shame a little bit, but the thing that always stuck out with Cody was the backing vocal in the chorus, which is, Cody, you're lonely now. Like, that line right there. And I don't know if it's Kyle singing it. I feel like Kyle probably does it live. I think they played this song live a bunch on their first album tour. Um, great choice. Great great melodic choice. Great lyrics, too.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah i can't there's nothing for me to add there just i think that rob thomas said in an interview at some point that this song w- was about him actually do, am i remembering that betsy nodding? <laughs> i don't know i'm, I'm a <laughs> i am i do not know why i'm assuming that you know that <laughs> sorry for putting you on the spot but yeah i'm pretty sure that he he wrote this song about himself so he's actually singing about himself
0: all right uh kyle you're number one
3: Yeah, my number one was Easy, um, because it's always been my favorite. Um, Well, maybe, yeah, probably always. It's their anthem. It's the song that I believe they close every show with, and we've mentioned it on this call already. Uh, It's Long Day. Um, I feel like it's the song that represents Matchbox. I know that it's not a fan favorite necessarily. Well, it's probably a fan favorite. It's probably not like a generic person favorite. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the breath in the beginning. We already talked a little bit about this earlier, and I tried to hold back, but... I love "Long Day every time that comes on. I still hear that on the radio here in Birmingham. Uh, great track. First single off the first album.
2: Yeah, great. I mean, we had talked about it, so uh, good choice. I didn't know that that would be so high up on your list. I felt like it was going to be high up on your list, but I didn't know it would be number one.
3: No one else can take this shit from me. He was saying <laughs> shit on the radio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did it get through?
3: <sighs> now I think I would hear it, but I don't probably not back then.
2: Back then
0: they probably would do that thing where it would go, yeah, and just stop know, mm-hmm. some you know yeah. sanitized version of it.
2: Yeah, that's probably true.
0: Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, then, Amy, it's uh, your your last up for your number one.
2: Yep. So uh, this song, um, we saw them over the summer, a la- lot, like so- sometime in the last five months or so, um, and I was like, if I don't hear the song, I will freaking breakdown. Um and that's how I realized like this song just meant that much to me. Um and it was the last song they played. So we waited it out for this song and thank God they did. Um but it's bright lights. just i i the i think kyle you said how it kind of like builds so it starts out slow you've got like just him and the piano and then it kind of like breaks it down and then by the end he's like screaming about like let that city let like whatever he says let that city take you in i think i feel like if i'm analyzing it he's singing it to his wife um who lived in new york I, i could be making this up and i kind of interpret it as like okay go go live where you live and you know experience your experiences and I'll be here waiting for you when you get done with it but I, I could be completely wrong um but yeah I just I think it's just a beautiful beautiful melody and it really showcases his his vocal talents and his writing skills um, just the piano um, I feel like he probably writes a lot of these songs on piano because they're so like heavily pianoed uh, that's not a word pianoed but um, yeah.
0: I mean, this is a songwriting mold. We already kind of talked about it, like other songs that use this. I could think of like, you know, Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers, right? Same thing of like a song that just builds and builds and builds. Like, it's like guar- you guarantee success in a way by engineering that structure into the song. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can do it in all kinds of genres. Like Stairway to Heaven does that, right? Completely different musical genre. But same thing. Like, you, you have that build and that climax in the song. And there's just something, just like you know, you 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 build that dr- you know, drama into it, and you take your audience with you, like mm-hmm. on that ride. Like it's, you know, yeah, just guaranteed success. It's uh, it's a great song.
3: Yeah, stairway to heaven's a good comparison. Although, I mean, personally, I can't compare stairway to heaven with with Bright Lights because I think Stairway to Heaven is probably the best song ever written in history so it's hard for me to compare it but it does have that starting off kind of mellow and by the time it's the end it's just full-blown huge
0: yeah great picks everybody um, well uh, we've we've come to the end here it is uh, it's not actually 3 a.m. but it's, it's uh, might, might as well be it's 3 a.m. somewhere um, which uh, surprising it was on no one's list uh, for as big as that song was um, but guys, uh, so I, I'll ask you guys the question that I always ask on this podcast, which is, you know, why do you think people still are in love with this band, you know, decades later? What, what is it about this one that keeps it uh, still alive and vital? Um, Betsy, I'll throw it to you.
4: Um, I think it's because they're so real and raw. Like they write songs that you can really connect with and they just mean something to you. Like when we were. At every Matchbox 20 concert I've been to, like, it's just everyone singing along, knowing all the words and just really connecting with the band like that. So I think I think that's probably one reason why.
3: Kyle? Yeah, I mean, first off, Rob Thomas's voice thats undeniably great, um, but I think like Betsy said, songwriting. I mean, the fact that these guys have songs that have stand at the test of time so far, you know, Push and and Bright Lights and Real World and, you know, to name a a bunch that were on our list is that these songs are still great. The songwriting is just great. And you can't deny great songwriting, right? I mean, there's songs, we had a a podcast, Doug, uh, 80s metal bands, right? 80s hair band power ballads, Amy, we were all there. I mean, some of these songs, they're, it's just great songwriting. When you have a band like Matchbox 20 that can write and pull it off live and pull it off on their albums, then uh, it's a great recipe. Aim
2: Agree. Um, yeah, I think Rob Thomas has just an ability to write a melody. Um, and a hook and, a, and words at so much quotable materials from these songs. Um, and, and just the way he sings and just so much emotion, like raw, raw emotion and talent. Um, I am obsessed with him, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I just think that they, um, you don't get a lot of like bands anymore with like that songwriting ability. Like, I haven't seen it, honestly. Or, or, like, you often have songwriters and then you have, like, the performers who come in and, like, perform the songs. Um, so, I, you know, it's it's amazing to see just how big their catalog is and how many hits. I mean, we just talked about 30 songs with a few overlaps. So that really talks about, like, the breadth of their, like, um, songwriting abilities. And, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what I see as the outside observer. Um, who's someone who, you know, I'm fine with their music. Again, it's not, it's just not my band. But the words that kept coming up tonight over and over again uh, from you, Betsy, was heart wrenching. Uh, and Kyle, from you, melodic. Um, mm-hmm. Those two words over and over again, I think, do define kind of what this band is at its core. Um, so many of the songs you guys talked about have, you know, pretty um, heart wrenching subject matter. That's because it's wrapped in this melodic package makes it really accessible and digestible to the audience. And I think that's a lot of what's helped them connect, you know, have the breadth of connection they have, right? They have a very large fan base. Like, Like we sort of talked about at the beginning, they're as mainstream a band as you can get. Um, but what helps them succeed in the mainstream and not then just immediately fade away is all of this emotional content that you guys have been talking about in all of these songs. So, um, yeah, so there you have it. Uh, that is our podcast on Matchbox 20. Um, Let's do some plugging. Uh, does anybody have anything to plug? Uh, Amy, you want to talk about your earrings?
2: Yeah. If you are interested in cute earrings, you can find me on uh, at Momo Bunnies More Co. on TikTok and Instagram. Yep. At, at
0: Etsy. That's the store. And
2: Etsy. Yes. <laughs> you can find the link to my Etsy on either TikTok or Instagram.
0: And yeah. I will, of course, put a link to that in the show notes. If people want to go find those and buy those, they can. Um, and uh, uh, Betsy, where again can people find your writing?
4: Sure. Um, I'm actually, my anthologies or the anthologies I am in are on Amazon, so they're available as Kindle and paperback. Um, I have my own author page. It's Bessie Ray Allen, R-A-Y-E. And it has actually everything listed on there that I have been in.
0: There you go. And and again, it's uh, Bones Hollow, right?
4: Yeah, Bones Hollow.
0: Okay. And Kyle, anything to plug or just hanging around?
3: I don't have anything specific to plug, but I just want to Thank you, Doug, for putting this together and releasing these awesome podcasts. A lot of good material that you're putting out, and
0: I hope everyone
3: everyone enjoys this one too. Well, that's uh,
0: that's very kind. It's very fun to do, and of course, but this one was not me putting this together, but this was uh, Amy's brainchild. She is so often uh, my 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 best producer,
2: your production manager, my production manager, (laughs) uh,
0: agent, everything else. Uh, You know, she's coordinator, coordinator, um, brains of the outfit. So. Um, all the thanks goes to her and the credit on this one. So yeah, this was really fun to do. And, um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, if you want to, uh, drop us a review on iTunes or, uh, Spotify or podcast or wherever you found it, please take the time to do that. It takes, you know, 10 seconds to go drop something nice, uh, in there that really helps the podcast visibility or tell a friend. Um, if you want to communicate with us, we're on all of, uh, the following social media portals, uh, X, uh, threads, blue sky and instagram as well as uh, i just have a tiktok page where mostly it's me bsing around and doing impressions but it's there uh, and that's a lot of fun i've been enjoying doing that um so go to all those places if you want to contact us um, and uh, so, if you have thoughts on recent episodes, so I'm recording a whole spate of episodes, and I don't know what the order is going to be. But at the end of December, we had um, Batman Returns for Christmas, uh, which I believe was followed up by Ghostbusters. Uh, this we've got this one. Independence Day is in the mix. We're recording one next week on A League of Their Own. Uh, after that, I'm recording one on Mitch Hedberg. Another one on Crash Bandicoot, and I've got stuff in the works on Spaceballs and. Um, Oh, gosh, Happy Gilmore. So all of those are in the mix. Not sure what order they're going to come out in, but a lot of really fun stuff planned for this year. So uh, looking forward to it. Um, Guys, thanks again for coming on. This this was a a lot of fun.
3: Thank you,
2: just you said said so space...
4: much for having us. You just said Spaceballs. <laughs> I'm just
3: kidding. S- S- ahead, <clears throat> I-, I just want to hear space balls. Like, let's just talk about Spaceballs, but we'll wait. We'll,
0: wait for that. <laughs> we'll get there, yeah. We'll have Spaceballs the podcast soon. Um All right, so uh, that'll do it, everybody. So until next time, that is one more entry in the Nostalgium Arcana.
1: The cars are moving like a half a mile an hour, and I started staring at the passengers and weaving goodbye. Can you tell me what was ever really special about me? push you around